episode 306. Those relationships, they turn into brotherhoods. They, they turn into father-son relationships. Um, and it, that's really exciting for me to see when I go and make my visits to different shops is guys have been working together for decades, but the kid started when he was 18, and, and he's still with that uh, the technician that he's been working with turning a wrench together now for 20 years. That's really exciting to see. Welcome, aftermarketers, to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hey, aftermarketers, welcome to the Remarkable Results Radio podcast. It's Carm Capriato. You know, the Auto Care Association represents the $740 billion global automotive aftermarket and has many organizations within itself. And one of them is Yang, the Young Auto Care Network Group. Three members of Yang recently sat in the virtual studio here in episode 306. Hey, this episode is brought to you by Federal Mogul Motor Parts. Search for parts, get the latest technical updates, and sign up for their Garage Rewards Loyalty Program at fmmotorparts.com. Keep in mind, every Town Hall Academy lesson is released as a podcast episode. As of this moment in time, there are over 55 topics, and the best way to find the entire catalog is in the Academy archives at remarkableresults.biz slash academy. So much great learning there, shared by your aftermarket colleagues. Hey, a great big shout-out and thank yous to my new Facebook followers, Mark Perkins, Grace Nash, Michael Scamdarella, Mark Lynn, and George Mazzicano. And to my new LinkedIn connections, Nicholas DeMarco, Danny Ryder, and Carlo Tuzolino. Great to have you on board and engaged with the quality content produced for you each and every week. Hey, now meet my Yang Roundtable. Lisa Nazoyan from the marketing department at Mala Aftermarket, J.C. Washbish, the director of marketing for the Aftermarket Auto Parts Alliance, and Chase Baxley, the vice president of product and supply chain at the Parts House in Jacksonville, Florida. Our future is all about incubating young people into our industry and at every level from manufacturing, distribution, and to the service professional. I had a chance to hang out with three members of the auto care industry's dynamic and vibrant under 40 set that finds its home with the Young Auto Care Network group, Yang. Now, Yang provides young auto care professionals in their 20s and 30s the opportunity to network with industry peers, enhance knowledge, and improve leadership capabilities. The Young Auto Care Network Group was formed in January 2014 with a desire to help young professionals establish a circle of peers to grow with and alongside their careers. Yang participants are future executive level staffers of the auto care industry that see the value in establishing connections with other young professionals that will one day be business owners and key decision makers. We talk trends, mentoring, and how Yang makes our large industry smaller as you get a chance to see the other segments of the industry working together. The 1,500 members, as of this interview, are our future, and their energy and desire to build and improve our beloved aftermarket is evident in this discussion. One final thing, it's always important in any company to build a bench. Yang demonstrates to the industry leadership that there's an energetic group behind them, ready to learn what it takes to succeed into greater leadership roles. Now, listen to Lisa Nazoyan, J.C. Washbish, and Chase Baxley from Yang. A warm welcome to our Yang Roundtable, the Young Auto Care Network Group. I have with me Lisa Nazoyan from Mala Aftermarket Inc. in Farmington Hills, Michigan. How you doing? Doing well. 
end of year wrapping things up. It's always a crazy time, but pushing through. Great company, Mala. Wow, you guys are doing such great, great things. I also have J.C. Washbish, Director of Marketing, Automotive Aftermarket, Auto Parts Alliance in San Antonio, Texas. Hey, J.C. Howdy, Carm. Good to be here. Uh, thanks for having us on today. You're the Vice Chairman of Yang. I, I am, uh, and uh, we're doing a lot of good things. Excited to report out what we did in 17, what we got coming down the pike here in 2018. That's why we're here. Chase Baxley, Vice President of Product and Supply Chain at the Parts House in Jacksonville, Florida. Hey, Carm. Sunny Florida. It, it's 80 degrees in Florida in Jan- or December. So From all over the country. We've had we've had our two foot of snow here. It's mostly all gone, and this weekend it's supposed to come back somehow. Miracles, miracles never never cease. Hey, you know the, the thing I love about Yang. Uh, I've I've met uh, JC. We were hanging out at the uh, fall leadership days at Auto Care in San Fran. It was it was a really good time to be there. And when I think about Yang, I think about next generation, and. You know, my audience is made up of 60% service professionals and the, and the technicians at one of the most important elements of our distribution channel, the, the service professional. And I think about the tech shortage, uh, skilled workers that we have joining the educational process of our industry. And, you know, we're, we're the third or fourth largest GDP in the country. I mean, we're such a big industry and and we have a problem recruiting and the thing i love about yang is that you're going into inside the industry and says come on board under 40 right and join our organization and let them see from that level in the organization way out and see the vision of the of the leadership in our organization is that singularly guys the biggest benefit of yang yeah i mean carm you hit it right on there it's one attracting people to the industry, and it's also keeping people that are young, happy, and excited to be in the industry, keeping them with us. Um, you know, it is a great place to be. It's much larger than most people think it is. I think a lot of times you get that first job out of school, and, and you're looking for the next step and, and the next jump. And sometimes you don't even, you know, you're not really even thinking career. You're not thinking industry. You're just thinking the nine to five or the paycheck. And the goal of Yang is to get people excited about the industry, where they're at, to let them see that they can make a career in it and that they really shouldn't be as concerned about the next step or the next jump, but just living in the moment and and learning that there is more to learn, there's more to garnish, and that this is a place that you can call home for the next 20, 30, 40 years. You might not be chained to the same desk or same warehouse or parts store or shop, uh, but you'll be able to refine and hone your skills with the support of a very robust and large, but at the same time, extremely intimate industry. Uh, I mean, you look at the people on this call with Chase and Lisa, we've been working together now on Yang for several years um, in different roles. <laughs> I think we've all changed around a bit uh, within our own organizations or different organizations. Uh, but the point is we still call the auto care industry our home. And we're excited to you know, be here in our mid-30s on this call today, knowing that 30 years from now we'll be in our mid-60s, uh, hopefully doing the same thing. Is there a Yang-type group uh, for the older sector? Sure. We call that the rest of the guys in the industry. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> everyone else. <laughs> yeah, that's everyone else. Everybody above your pay grade, right? That's yeah. pretty much it. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Carm, I'll, I'll tack on. Uh, you know, I've actually worked Yang into the interview process for new hires. I interviewed probably a dozen 
college students uh, only a week or so ago, and they actually find it very interesting to have a conversation about Yang, and 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 they find it intriguing, and and I, so I think it's helped our recruiting process as well. If you're able to work that in on how they can connect outside of just the uh, the workplace that they're joining. Chase, you're a parts house. I'm the parts house. And and how many stores? We have 43 locations headquartered in Jacksonville, Florida. Big company. Wow. And you fit Yang into the discussion. It is is the reason you bring it in because you want to show a, a long-term future inside the industry or, or your company? Students are looking for a career path. And you know, the millennials today want to feel connected beyond just their employer. So we've really found that showing them a platform that gives them national exposure and there's other young newcomers uh, like them that they can interact with is very intriguing. And, and they really find that as an interest. Uh, so we try to work that in as an option for them whenever we're going through the interview process. I will echo what uh, JC and Chase said there. Yang for me was or is a group that makes this big industry much smaller, which I didn't realize when I first entered it. It seemed so huge. I didn't realize the connections I was missing out on. And until I started volunteering with women in auto care and gang eventually um, when it came on board, that's when I really made those connections and relationships that will last hopefully throughout my career in the industry. I'm glad you said women in auto care. It's one of my favoritist groups. Lo- love that group. Love the CCPN um, and, and Yang. Hey, auto care's got a lot of great, great you know, groups that, that, that make up the entire organization. So the impact of, of Yang uh, in the industry, uh, what does it take to recruit inside to, to bring awareness to Yang team? Uh, how are you doing? I see that you have 1,361 members. That's a huge, huge group. And, and it's only been, what, a few years you've been doing this? Yeah, well, we've been going strong for a few years now. We have over 1,500 members. And Carmen, to really answer your question, you know, what's the impact of making on the industry. Um, we have several different facets in which we're touching people. But number one, uh, at least from my chair and where we look, it's to show the leadership in the industry that there is another generation behind them. That, you know, yeah, they need to be secure in the bottom line today and they need to be taking care of their own because in the end you're out for number one. But they need to feel good and empowered that behind them there is this generation. And, and you know, I don't like necessarily using the hashtags millennial or Gen Y or Gen Z. I just think it's the next crop. It's, it's the next crop of leaders that are coming out. And we give uh, tomorrow's leaders a voice. We give tomorrow's employees, tomorrow's uh, workers a voice that we're here. Um, and, and we don't necessarily think we're the best. Uh, we know we have a lot to learn, and we're looking for those mentors, for the leadership to, to take us by the hands and show us how to be great and to build upon an industry that uh, the founders before them and their fathers before them uh, established and put together. So that's you know that's part of where the, the first impact comes from. And then the, the another one is to show that, the as I mentioned earlier, to the young people that are in industry that are looking to chase the greener pastures or looking for that carrot elsewhere, thinking, you know, now it's time to jump. Now's the time to get out of this game because somebody else is fluffing me and they're throwing something at me that just seems too good to be true. The reality is it, it probably might be too good to be true. And uh, we see it all the time. You'll be back in the industry because this is a good, strong place to be with a future that I don't want to say it's guaranteed. But if you do the right things, if you meet the right people, 
And if you work hard and put in the time, you'll do well. And Yang is that avenue, that vehicle uh, to do well because you'll make those connections and, you, and you'll continue to position yourself within your company and position your company's position within the industry to success. There isn't any kind of recruitment from the senior people in our industry through the Yang organization, is there? Are, are, are people staying away? They're not picking up the phone and saying, hey, Chase, uh, you know, I know you're a member of the organization. We're looking for a, you know, uh, an executive. And can you recommend anyone? Does any of that go on? So that was a hot topic early on as we were looking to, to change our presence. So I can say that it was discussed at length early on. I don't think it really comes up now. People are going to change jobs. So I think we, we certainly have steered away from it. We don't allow our sponsors to use you know, this as a platform for you know, changing positions, recruitment within our, our group. But people change jobs in any industry. So to say it doesn't happen uh, would be an unfair statement. But no, they're, they're, that's not a goal of ours by any means. Makes a lot of sense to, to have people that sponsor you and not to have to worry about if I send one of my young people to join Yang, they're going into a recruiting tank and you, they wouldn't want that. But on that note, I, I can share a story. So three years ago, whenever this really started, I'll share a story from our CEO, David Honig, of, uh, David Honig, the CEO of the Parts House. He was in a, an AWA setting. They were talking about young people, bringing more people to industry. And they asked David, well, how do you do it? Because we, we've had a number of corporate staff members that are, are, are young and that have traveled. And it's like, well, have you tried? These guys are all complaining that they weren't able to bring in, you know, how do you find these young people? It's like, well, it's a different recruitment process. And have you tried? And most of them haven't. It's this daunting task uh, as how it was viewed back then. So I think we maybe uh, as a group have shed some light that it's not impossible and uh, it just takes a little bit of a different effort in how you approach it. I'm talking with Anthony Frowine, a technical product specialist with Federal Mogul Motor Parts. Anthony, when you're in a shop, are you talking tech as well as product? Whenever I do a physical training, there is product incorporated part of the whole uh, training overall. But it's to maximize the time, whether it's diagnostics, whether it's inspection, whether it's installation. So that way they understand that, hey, by skipping that extra 20 seconds by putting on this set of brake pads and not replacing the hardware, hey, this might be the reason why that I'm getting comebacks. And usually, being a ex-shop owner, I understand that the first time you get paid, the second time's free. And so are the techs really starving for this information? Oh, Absolutely. Um, a lot of times you have, uh, I mean, we live in an industry where I like to, like to say they, they cut that, the, the roast in half and they don't understand why, but they do it just because they've always been doing that type of an industry. So, you know, to break it through that, they've been doing something for 30 years and they see as they haven't been doing anything wrong, but it starts to open up their eyes to, hey, you know what? It wasn't necessarily wrong, but there is a better way. So you're really talking to me about an aha moment. Exactly. And tell me when you see that happening um, more and more from technicians that you're out with, uh, how does it make you feel? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, you really feel like you're giving back to the community overall. But ultimately, the way I, I tell them, you know, I look at every single vehicle that I worked on prior to or I had my customer just like I'd put my family in that vehicle. I look at it as... I'm keeping everybody else that much safer because the job's getting done correctly. Federal Mogul Motor Parks' Garage Gurus is your go-to source for the vehicle training, technology, and answers you need 
to keep your next job on track. On site, online, or on demand, the gurus are here to help keep your business and your career on the road to success. Visit fmgarageguru.com. Lisa, let's talk about mentoring. I love mentoring. I know the Woman in Auto Care has a, has a great mentoring program. What's Yang doing for mentoring? At the moment, and JC can probably speak more to this, um, I just rejoined the board uh, after a, a year or so uh, on the OE side. So see, touching on what he just said, you're, you'll come back if, if you end up leaving our industry. Every time I try to leave, they pull me right back <laughs> in. <laughs> but um, we have a mentor pin that uh, was established this year, and we're always seeking mentors, um, trying to build up a more formal program uh, over the next year or so. And please correct me if I'm wrong, JC. Um, but mentoring is hugely important to carry on the next generation and to share that information that, you know, at some point soon will um, go away as, as people start retiring from our industry. And so mentoring is hugely important. The reason that I like mentoring is I think it's going on at every level of our industry, some to a higher degree than than others. And I and I really just want to encourage our listener to, to recognize that mentoring is good. Can anyone share a mentoring experience without, you know, breaching any confidentialities? Absolutely. Um, and to really expand on what Lisa's talking about, in Yang, we toyed around from a, a council point of view of, you know, should we establish a comprehensive, dedicated mentoring program that has rules and limits. And uh, the reality is we, we just really avoided that. We avoid that concept. It, mentoring, the best form of mentoring, just like the best form of networking, should happen organically because uh, that's where you find the fits that make sense um, and, and the people that are willing to work together uh, as a mentor and a mentee. And, and I've seen it personally um, with several people in the industry that um, I've been privileged. I, I fell out of the right womb <laughs> uh, by being, you know, fourth generation auto parts and uh, coming from a family with it. But with with that comes its own challenges, right? Uh, with that comes the, you know, the, the silver spoon concept and, and people question you. Luckily, in this industry where there's a lot of family businesses, I've had some guys that I can lean on and I can ask questions to that we're in similar positions. I think one of them is uh, Corey Bartlett. Uh, he is the president and CEO um, of APH up in Minnesota. And, and the guy, whether he knows it or not, he's a great mentor. And, and he stands back. And what makes him a great mentor is he listens. And then he provides advice. And, he, and he's willing to help you out and, and put you in a direction to make you successful. And, uh, you know, I, I think Yang is just helps facilitate that. One, it helps that Corey was in Yang before he recently aged out of Yang, but, but already a mentor while among our ranks. So I think in Yang, we got mentors within the Yang ranks, folks that have been in here a little bit longer, folks that have connections that they've established a little firmer than people that are newer in the industry. But that's what we're looking for in the mentorship. So one thing that we did do to help quasi-formalize a mentor program is we launched the Yang Mentor Pen. And this is anybody in the industry over the age of 40 can purchase this pen and then they can wear it proudly. And, and Carm, you've supported us with it. And what you do is you stand out. You stand out at events, uh, places like Apex or other different meetings with that pen on. We just got back from the Alliance Winter Shareholder Meeting in Miami, Florida. And we had several uh, manufacturers there, channel partners there, and some of our own members rocking the pen. 
uh, people that are standing up. And really all you're saying is, hey, anybody that's younger in this industry that's looking for an ear and, and looking to support you, I'm here to support you. So thank you to all those uh, mentor pin wearers that we have out there. And then thank you to everybody else that has taken the moment, whether in this industry or beyond, to just take that young person um, or that coworker under your wing and, and you know, you everybody benefits. The mentor and the mentee, they, they can both benefit from that relationship. Isn't it amazing, JC and, and and Chase and Lisa? Have you ever sat with a with a mentor and they put their listening cap on? They didn't they didn't want to listen to respond to reply. They they wanted to listen to learn. And when you were done, you figured out your problem just by you talking it out to someone who wasn't going to be too opinionated, you know, it wasn't like you were going to talk to your supervisor, your boss, or uh, an equal or a peer. And did it ever happen to you? Because it's happened to me a lot of times. Yeah, I think what, what I've seen is the, the outreach that there are so many of our industry veterans that are willing to give time to, to help bring uh, young people through and to give them guidance. And I'll give you one example so David Miller is our chief operating officer here. Uh, I've known him now for probably 12 years. And what I like most about getting into his ear is that he puts things into perspective that I can relate to. And he has this amazing ability to just help me find uh, simple meanings in complicated situations. Simple meanings in complicated situations. Is that the right? For, I don't know if that even makes any sense. That is. I like it. Yes. <laughs> Wow, that that's a big takeaway from this. Man, I, I think, um, yeah, that's the $25 takeaway right there, Chase. Mentoring, Lisa. Any great experiences? Most definitely. I've had several mentors in my uh, career here in auto care, um, which just to touch on what Chase was saying, you t- and what you said, Carm, about having a listening ear, sometimes that's all you need. For something that seems so complex, you know, if you have a veteran of a mentor, they have so much experience and so many different uh, things that they go through in the workplace um, or personal life. It doesn't matter. And you, what you have there is that trust. And that is so important when you're going through something, whether it's professional or personal. And to be able to have a listening ear and work through things with somebody, even if it's a, just a sounding board, it's immensely important um, having that trust factor outside of your workplace. Yeah, Lisa, where you're lucky too, uh, personally very lucky, is the guy that you get to work with every day. Uh, <laughs> she works with Ted Hughes at Mala, and, and Ted is one of the greatest guys ever in this industry. And he, he was the first uh, mentor pin wearer uh, for Yang. He religiously speaks um, at the Next Step program at the Auto Care Leadership Days in the spring. And he's always been the first to volunteer to help out and to reach out to anybody. So I, I'm, I'm envious that you get to be with them. And I was, when I was with NGK spark plugs, um, living in the same town, Ted and I would go to lunch and talking, what can we do to get young people excited? Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, he's always putting the industry first and, and Ted will be one of the first people to say, I started as a young guy. He's and he's worked hard. He's done a lot of great things, but he got to where he's at by connecting with the right people. And that's what makes Ted such a valuable asset as a mentor um, in that he's just, he's willing to give back. And in a true mentor, they're willing to give back. Absolutely. And on the flip side of mentoring, it's not only the mentor or the, excuse me, the mentee who's receiving something. You should be as a mentee wanting to give back um, any way that you can, whether it's, 
you know, we're young professionals and we are very in touch with technology and social media and things like that, that we can expand um, somebody else's knowledge on that. So you should always be as a mentee in the position to give, how can I give back? How can I volunteer? Um, and gang is a great example. The more work you do, the more exposure you get as far as relationship building. Don't you see inside this great, beloved aftermarket of ours people wanting to pay it forward? Absolutely. And, and uh, we're, I'm fortunate to see it from my chair in the marketing department of a program group is we do a lot with the Certified Service Center Network. We have over 3,500 certified service centers in our network. And I really see it at the street level at some of these top shops as you'll have the ATEC I mean, the guy that's really running it and, and just that shop talk and, and, and they get this conversation going with the B-Tech or the new hire or the young service writer. I mean, whoever it is. And it's those relationships that these guys, um, back to your point earlier in the call, uh, Carm, is, you know, what can we do to get young people excited? A lot of that, that relationship can really be forged on the shop floor. And that's where it goes from just a job to a career in a meaningful way of life, uh, you know, because in those, those relationships, they turn into brotherhoods. They, they turn into father-son relationships. Um, and it, that's really exciting for me to see when I go and make my visits to different shops is guys have been working together for decades, but the kid started when he was 18 and, and he's still with that, uh, the technician that he's been working with turning a wrench together now for 20 years. That's really exciting to see. Wisdom coming at you. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's turn a, a, a trend on this. I sure appreciate this this great dialogue. I love what you guys are doing. Let's talk about trends. What's going on inside the industry? I mean, you're all so well connected. You're you've got your your radar on. Could you share a, a trend, Chase, that uh, you're concerned about? Things that may be a challenge down the road. Yeah. So I'll I'll share a couple uh, you know, things that are on the forefront of us right now. Um, our company is thinking more globally as we have some new uh, relationships and partnerships uh, with some uh, companies outside of the United States. And so things like you know, what's happening with today's vehicle and as the electric vehicle becomes more and more prevalent in our marketplace, what does that mean for our industry? How does the aftermarket evolve with these electric vehicles? Not just a connected car and, and telematics, but really more of what does this mean for SKU counts and what does this mean for the service center's ability to repair these vehicles. Um, are we going to have more IT personnel than counter personnel one day? Are we going to be thinking more about um, apps and how they connect to vehicles more so than a catalog platform? And uh, it's brought a different perspective working with Mayor Benny, who's our, our, our parent company now, from a global perspective and, and thinking five, ten years out versus maybe how we used to think, which is, we need to deliver this part today on time. So I think uh, I'll stop there, but so certainly some very macro um, issues ahead of us that. Uh, Where do you see you getting the information as to what the, the marketplace needs to have on their shelf in order to supply today's part? I think that's going to be easier in the future, right? As telematics expands into the connected vehicle as the electric vehicle becomes more prevalent, as the Wi-Fi connections grow, we'll know more about failure rates as an industry. Now, hopefully it's not just OE. Let's hope that it's, it's available information for all. But the predictability of what's going to fail will, I think, improve dramatically. But does that mean parts will actually fail? Right? The ability to improve quality, the ability to manage those repairs, you know, all that's going to improve, uh, assuming that it's an open platform. 
and that uh, companies like the Partals, traditional companies, have access to that data, that service centers have access to that data. So in a sense, we're in a position now where our SKU counts from a distributor's point are growing uh, astronomically. But my position is I feel that will start to reduce as these vehicles uh, have less working components and more electric components. That's huge. Wow. The, the electric vehicle and what that means to, to, to the entire industry. Uh, yeah, there's some moving parts there, but not as, not as many and not as much maintenance. It, obviously, we have to adapt to it. And, and, and we've survived every different iteration of technology, haven't we? To Chase's point, I think it's a very exciting opportunity. Um, these technologies, the, it comes down to really solid, solid cataloging. And technology will make that better. Be, you know, the catalogs will speak, will be more clear. Um, so to Chase's point, it's still about having the right part at the right time. And those times will be a little more predictable. Uh, so in this race, it's, it's an arms race. It's a technology arms race. And I can sit in my chair confidently because as a program group at the Alliance, um, there's no question that we lead um, in the North American industry in our technologies. And we started that with our uh, first B2C uh, <clears throat> debatable topic. <laughs> it could be debatable. It could be debatable, but Ooh, you, friction, <laughs> friction. I love it. Well, you can't debate uh, our, our continual growth uh, within this landscape, and and the truth is, yeah, Chase is right. Will the amount of jobs be there? The, the amount of components that break down on the car, the amount of trips to the bay, may, maybe not. Um, so just capitalize on those that are that are available. It's going to be higher dollar jobs. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's going to be the top shops that are going to survive. It's going to be the technology savvy shops. Um, luckily today's kids are born with iPads in their hands. Uh, so they'll be able to accommodate that. I think it's the shops that struggle with that. They, they don't embrace the technologies or they don't have a group, um, or support that can help them with those technologies. So if you're doing that, uh, you can support them. One thing I wanted to piggyback on with Chase, Chase mentioned if these shops or us as an independent group, Chase is an independent group, have the right to repair these vehicles. If we have the right to that data and those technologies, and, and, and this is one thing you asked, what is Yang doing to impact the industry? Well, I can tell you from a council standpoint, from the Yang Council, we were the first council in the Auto Care Association to be all in with a 100% contribution to the Auto Care Political Action Committee. Um, we've tasked the council this year to have submitted their contribution dollars by the first of the year. So we can be all in early in, in the first of January. And for what some of the listeners might not know, they might not know what the ACPAC is. The Auto Care Political Action Committee is a PAC in D.C., and it's comprised of both sides of the aisle. And what is really exciting um, for me from a, a Yang perspective is these are personal dollars, tax dollars, tax income. This is money that I've raised. This is money that Lisa's raised, that Chase has earned, right? This comes out of our paycheck that we turn around personally, cutting a check to this pack so they can go onto the, uh, the floor of Congress and petition on behalf, not of us, but on behalf of the repair facility and the consumer to have that right to the data that's within their vehicle and within their customers' vehicles so they can repair those jobs. And not so all the jobs don't go back to the OE and they're going to the dealership, which the dealership, by the way, their bays couldn't handle all the work. Uh, they need us. They need the independence. But it's data that the driver owns and the shop should have a right to if the driver wants them to. And, and we're doing that. And, and we're not doing that. I'm not just saying industry. This is a personal decision. 
It's, it's no different than putting money in the plate at church on Sunday. Are you all in? Are you all in to support this industry? And proudly, from a council perspective with Yang, we're all in. We put our own dollars in there. And then yeah, proudly also from the alliance, from Auto Value Bumper to Bumper, we've raised more money um, independently than any other program group um, in the industry this year for the ACPAC. And that's uh, since the ACPAC's inception, we continue to lead that fight. Um, and what's so great about that is every other group is behind us and supporting it too. And as independents, the independent program groups spend more money in the ACPAC than anybody else. So if you want to talk about people that really care, it's it's us. It's it's guys like Chase uh, and, and guys like the Alliance that are really driving that. How can people contribute? Oh, you can easily contribute by going to autocare.org and, and looking up uh, information on the ACPAC. And I'll throw one out here too, folks. If you got your pens and papers out, my email is the letter J and C at alliance1.com. Put in the subject ACPAC question, and we'll follow up with you on that. So anybody can contribute. There are some uh, limitations based on your, your uh, income, whether you're hourly or not. But if you're a shop owner listening, um, if you're a professional technician listening, you know your, your dollars matter and they speak. And this is, not, um, this is not a blue state, red state deal. This is a purple job. Everybody's coming together, and it's both sides of the aisle working hard to make sure that you have a right to repair that consumer's vehicle. To what Chase said, having the right part at the right time, a good price point, none of that matters if you don't have access to that data. I'll just add the the website's super easy to to go through it you know, under a minute to make the donation. I, I found it you know it's seamless, and, and also worth noting uh, if you know. Many people are not aware, but the legislative summit, if someone really wants to get involved, there's an annual legislative summit uh, that the Auto Care Association holds in, in D.C. that uh, it's a great opportunity for those to get in front of their uh, legislative officials. So. Trends in a positive way, things you want to see happen, guys and lady. I think technology is making us better. Um, we communicate with our customer base electronically more than ever. Uh, our salespeople have apps to our internal information through uh, you know, intranets. Um, our customer representatives uh, text, email uh, constantly. There's images, there's voice calls where our FaceTimes where they're showing us things on the vehicle. Uh, the ability to manage our businesses together uh, has dramatically improved the consumer's experience as we uh, compete against uh, you know the bigger OE companies today. So traditional service centers are able to uh, get closer to a level playing field with some of the technologies that are available to us now. Yeah, Chase is right on too, especially with what his outfit is doing. Um, You take these awesome technologies to um, service your technician professionals. But like Chase, we we also have that flexibility, the leniency, you know. Um, We can get the right parts to you with excellent dispatch and delivery, but we also were nimble enough in this independent realm to make the gut decisions to pull the trigger. Hey, Maybe that product's out of warranty. We'll work with you. You know, you're, it's a partnership in this deal, not just a, a customer relationship, but it's a partnership. And I know that's one thing that Parts House does really well is, is they're nimble and they can get the part to you. So he's right on with technology. And one thing from my standpoint is the autonomous vehicle and ride sharing. Uh, this is a very exciting opportunity for us um, and to anyone that's repairing v- vehicles for a living. Okay, maybe the uh, ownership of the vehicle count goes down a little bit. Fine. The good news is NTSBA 
is in cahoots with the FAA on the rules and regulations for the autonomous vehicle. If the, if the FAA has their hands on anything, it's good news because the regulation is going to be through the roof and it's going to be cars got to be up to code and there's going to be more work getting done that these guys are looking for. And then when you talk about ride sharing, okay, less vehicles that are being owned, but a ride sharing vehicle is a vehicle that gets driven. And if vehicles that get driven are better than vehicles that sit in garages, so we like high mileage, right? We like rides that are really getting put to work. And these are going to be rides outside of the dealership warranty. These are going to be rides that need to have work done. And again, as we see more legislation and regulation come in on these rides, they're going to have to be up to snuff just like airplanes, which uh, is good for all of us on this call. really is. You know, the miles, the miles driven, I don't believe, is going to go down. Um, and so uh, even if it's a smaller fleet, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've actually done some shows on this where maybe, you know, you, there'll be 24 hour service centers and the, the car will drive itself there at two in the morning, uh, to be repaired and go back to the garage. Yeah, I, I agree. As, I agree as well. And, and one, one comment that, you know, well, I view it as positive. I love the spin, uh, or the perspective, excuse me, uh, that you put on there. But our our technicians, our customers have to also be prepared to service these larger fleets. So you can't accept you know two or three cars a day. You've got to be prepared to manage larger fleets. So while there's consolidation at the distribution level, you know we hope that the technicians are preparing to change their service base centers and prepare for these large fleet services. And that's where the data is going to come in and and be so important. The history of the vehicle, the repairs that have been done, the, the, the codes that are coming out, the blending of all the data that not only helps the repair, but it's going to help the distribution channel. By having the information, uh, you know, I, I guess it would be really cool to be able to know in a marketplace all the oxygen sensors that have been sold and and then you could figure out what your share is because of what you are selling versus you know what what the, what the big potential is and and you can find yourself lots of opportunities there data i think that's going to be <laughs> it's going to be war winning opportunities if you can do the do the right things with data hey so look at I, i've so enjoyed this tell me the you, you guys have a conference each and every year yeah we got a yang leadership conference it's in tandem with the Auto Care uh, Leadership Days, their Spring Leadership Days, which take place in May this year. And if you give me one second, I can tell you the date on those days. And what we do is we encourage people to come in for the Leadership Days and sit in on these different committee meetings. I mean, this is where you can see what's really going on from an association level. What are people doing about these emerging technologies? What are people doing about government affairs? What are people doing about cataloging? What are we doing from an industry standpoint to make everyone's job more efficient? Uh, so we would hope that people would consider joining us. Should be the 9th or the 11th. The 9th, 10th, yeah. 11th, and 12th. In, yeah. in our Yep, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th of May. And our leadership conference begins the afternoon of the 11th. And this will be at the Marquee in Atlanta. Um, again, more information on that is found on autocare.org. Lisa, what's, uh, what's a, uh, a wish? Uh, give me something on your wish list for Yang. A wish list for me for Yang is to encourage volunteerism uh, within our membership um, and people considering Yang to become a member of Yang and really get so much out of the industry. Speaking personally, I really didn't find my place in the industry until I started giving back. And even a few years in or one year into the industry, you have something to give back. And that's what I want people to take away from this is 
at any stage in your career, you can give back, whether it's to professionals older than you and teaching them something about they're not as familiar with, or, you know, that colleague you have who their, your strength is their weakness and vice versa and continuing to volunteer your time with organizations like Yang um, can really put a stamp on, on the industry. Hey, I really want to thank you guys for coming on. Listen, I learned an awful lot more about Yang, realized the passion that the group has for the betterment of the industry. And uh, I just I love the mentoring program and, and, and loved it, actually, all, all that you guys had to say about how you see our industry. So I want to thank Lisa Nazoyan from Mala Aftermarket uh, out in Farmington Hills, Michigan. Chase Baxley, the Vice President of Product and Supply Chain, the Parts House in Jacksonville, Florida. And J.C. Washbish, Director of Marketing, Automotive Aftermarket Auto Parts Alliance, San Antonio. That's auto value and bumper to bumper, right, J.C.? You got it. Hey, let me give you the last word. Well, thanks, Carm, for having all of us on here. And to anybody out there that's interested under the age of 40 and being in Yang, uh, get involved. This isn't going to come to you. You got to come to us. And, and that's the first step. Uh, we, we're not, as millennials and young people, we, we shouldn't have this stuff spoon-fed to us. We might have been the generation of everybody gets a medal, but let's prove a point is we're the generation that's trying to get it done. And then with that, my one, you ask Harm, if, you, if I had one wish this year, what would it be? I'd wish that everybody that worked in this wonderful industry would give enough um, crap, if I can say that on here, give enough of a crap about this industry to really consider participating in the ACPAC. We are fighting an uphill battle against the dealerships. And if everybody just gave two bucks, you know, what, how many people are in this industry? Four million people, Carm, is that what we say? Four million people were in this. So if everybody that worked here gave two bucks, we'd be at $8 million, which is a far uh, cry away from the 260,000 we raised this year. And, and that goes, especially to all you hot shots, all of you guys that are executives, your vice presidents, your directors, anybody that sits on an auto care association council, if you don't currently participate in the ACPAC, we're begging you to. Put your money where your mouth is, stand up and be the leader you should be, and contribute. And to all of you, those that don't know about the ACPAC, learn more. We'd love to have you. And this is how we win battles in Congress, all right? Let's support it together as a team. And then to all you young folks looking and thinking, do I have the career that's right for me? Am I in the right spot? You probably already found it in the auto care industry. And if you haven't, come on board. We'd love to have you. And Yang is the uh, avenue to get you there. Thanks, JC. Are you running for office? Yeah. No, I, I do it to really annoy Chase because he thinks <laughs> that I'm such a junior guy. I don't have the right to tell the old people to put their money where their mouth is. Oh, but no, what no. I love, I Carm, love it. Carm, I love is the auto, the um, Foreign Affairs Committee or the Government Affairs Committee of Auto Care asked Yang to do a standalone legislative summit. And my first question upon that request was, well, how many people, what is the percentage of contribution by the Government Affairs Committee? This is the committee that founded the ACPAC. What is the percentage that participate in the ACPAC itself? And it's still not at 100%. How can you sit there and say, we got to have an ACPAC, but then you're not going to support it? That is bogus. That's like ordering your wife to make French toast and then not eating it. It's shameful. Uh, so we want to avoid that with Yang and uh, everything that we do. We, we stand up. We put our money where our mouth is. And that's what's going to make us tomorrow's great leaders. JC, is, he is not shy. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this and, and, and figure out what he just said. But I love that French toast analogy. Mm, mm, mm. Thanks, Carl. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. 
Hey, Aftermarketers, thanks for investing in this episode with Lisa Nazoyan, J.C. Washbish, and Chase Baxley from Yang. Can you tell? The future is bright. Now, if you love the interview, share it with a friend. See the show notes at remarkableresults.biz slash E306. Isn't it great to slow down for less than an hour and listen to the Premier Automotive Aftermarket Podcast? So much to learn, so many ideas and insights to consider and implement. I'm glad you've become a loyal listener and appreciate the wisdom found in every interview. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the Premier Automotive Aftermarket Podcast. Until next time, 